0: Hello and welcome to Bill Stern's Sports Newsreel from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors.
1: Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now.
2: C-O-L-G-A-T-E, Colgate presents Bill Stern with the Colgate Shave Cream Sports News Reel. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shave Cream Man, is on the air. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shave Cream Man, with stories rare. Take his advice and you look keen, you'll get a shave that's smooth and clean, you'll be a Colgate Brushless fan. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, this is Bill Stern, bringing you the 316th edition of the Colgate Sports Newsreel. We're broadcasting tonight from the city of Indianapolis, and our guest tonight is the one and only Frank Sinatra. But first, real one. Recently, I said to Creighton Miller, young backfield coach at Yale, Creighton, you've got an unusual ability to teach the football you know, so how's about teaching us what you've learned about fast, easy shaving with Colgate Brushless? Here's what Creighton Miller wrote me. Dear Bill, there's nothing to it. Shaving with Colgate Brushless is as simple and easy as the old Notre Dame shift. It's performed in three
1: motions. One, wash your face. Two, smooth it on. Three, shave it off. Personally, Colgate Brushless gives me a smooth, fast, cool, comfortable
2: shave. Or as you say, a champion shave. Signed, Creighton Miller. Thanks. So many great champions like you shave with Colgate Brushless. The Colgate Brushless is known as the Shave Cream of Champions. Trayton Miller gave you the basic reasons why. Because shaving with Colgate Brushless is so simple and easy. Because a Colgate Brushless shave leaves your face smooth, cool, and comfortable. Personally, I choose Colgate Brushless in the jumbo nine-ounce economy size jar that lasts longer and fits better on the bathroom shelf. But tube or jar, you'll find Colgate Brushless is especially made to be light, fluffy, never gummy nor greasy. And your face feels moist and comfortable all the way through. And get this. Because Colgate Brushless isn't gummy or greasy, it rinses easily off your face, your hands, and your razor. Prove it for yourself. Get a jumbo jar tonight. And if you're not 100% satisfied, just send the top of the carton to me, Bill Stern, Kara Colgate, Jersey City, Zone 2, New Jersey, and you'll get double your money back. Remember, Colgate Brushless, the shave cream of champions. Real 2, profile of a start in radio. Tonight, we're broadcasting from the city of Indianapolis. We're here in Indianapolis, getting ready to broadcast tomorrow's Indiana-Purdue football game. And yet, you know, ladies and gentlemen, I wouldn't be in Indianapolis as a sports announcer. In fact, I wouldn't even be a sports announcer. If it hadn't been for Graham McNamee. I'm sure most of you remember Graham McNamee. He died a little over three years ago. And he was the greatest sports announcer that ever lived. I knew him well. In fact, Graham McNamee started me in radio. And I shall never forget how he took me, a raw beginner, and taught me how to announce sports. That's why tonight, I'd like to publicly acknowledge my debt of gratitude to Graham McNamee. Acknowledge it by telling you the story called The Profile of a Start in Radio. Our story begins many years ago before radio was popular. Graham McNamee was already then famous as a singer. In fact, Graham McNamee, as a young man, was such a fine singer that he once gave a concert at New York's famous Carnegie Hall. Another time, he sang as the soloist with the New York Philharmonic Orchestra, yeah. Graham McNamee was a great singer before he ever became a sports announcer. However, in 1922, he decided to give up singing and to become a radio announcer. But he never regretted giving up singing because it wasn't very long before he was announcing sports. In fact, Graham McNamee was the first sports announcer there was. He was among the first to announce a baseball game, the first to announce a football game, the first to announce a boxing match, a tennis match, a crew race. Soon, Graham McNamee was nationally famous. After Graham McNamee had become the most popular sports announcer for many years, he announced one day that he wanted an assistant. Once boys from all over the country applied for the job. and Graham interviewed as many of these boys as he possibly could, for he wanted to find someone who could someday take his place. But most of these applicants were too inexperienced. Graham McNamee had just about given up hope of finding a successor when one day there was a knock on his office door.
0: Come in. Are you Graham McNamee? I sure am. What can I do for you? Well, Mr. McNamee, I heard you were looking for an assistant to help you in on sports. I'd like to apply for that job. Wait a minute. Not so fast, honey. Suppose you tell me something about yourself first. Well, I've had an average education, but I've always loved sports. I've played almost every sport there is. A little baseball, some football, quite a lot of basketball, but boxing is my favorite. I read the sport pages thoroughly, and I think I know quite a lot about (laughs) sports. Yeah, It's easy to see you like sports, Sonny, but have you ever had any professional experience? Yes, Mr. McNamee, I have. I used to be a sports reporter for a newspaper. I know I'd like to announce sports, and everyone tells me my voice
1: is good for radio. Sonny, I've been listening to you as you talk, and your voice is good for radio, not as a sports announcer. What do you mean, Mr. McNamee? I mean your voice is better suited for singing. I ought to know, because I was once a singer myself. Did you ever try any singing? Only a little for my own amusement. Well, Sonny, I was a singer before I was a sports announcer, so I know something about both. I think your voice is better
2: suited to singing.
1: Why not give that a try first? I'll help you to get started if you want me to.
2: All that happened several years ago. Today, Graham McNamee is dead. And yet, you know, if he were alive, I think he'd be very, very proud. For that boy he advised to become a singer instead of a sports announcer, took Graham McNamee's advice, and he did become a singer. And today, that boy is one of America's most famous singers. His name is Frank Sinatra. And Frank Sinatra is right at this very moment standing by an NBC microphone in New York City. But before I introduce Frank Sinatra in person, may I say that we're about to present him with a very, very fine silver plaque. A silver plaque that bears the following inscription. To Frank Sinatra, not because he's a great artist, but rather because through his unselfish devotion to the cause of tolerance in America, he has upheld the highest ideals of good sportsmanship. And now, in order that you may hear Frank Sinatra's speech of acceptance, as he accepts this silver plaque at the New York Paramount Theater... This is Bill Stern switching you across the country from where I'm standing in Indianapolis. The next voice you hear will be Frank Sinatra speaking in person from New York City.
1: Thank you, Bill. I shall always treasure this plaque and what it stands for. I'm not going to make any speeches about this country or about tolerance. But I'd like to tell you one little story that illustrates exactly how I feel. Many years ago in Germany, there lived a family who resented being told just how they must believe in God. And this family finally wanted to worship God as they saw fit. And when that became impossible in Germany, why, they packed up their belongings and sailed for America. Perhaps you're thinking this all happened recently, but it didn't. It happened a long, long time ago. And yet, you know, I think we should be very grateful that this family did come to America. Because their name was Eisenhower. And from this family came General Eisenhower. So thank you, Bill, very much for this plaque. However, there are two words in this plaque that please me immensely. They are the words tolerance and sportsmanship. Because to me, they mean the same thing. Thanks again, Bill, and this is Frank Sinatra of the Paramount Theater in New York City, returning you to Bill Stern in Indianapolis.
2: Thank you very, very much, Frank Sinatra. Real 3. Portrait of Storybook Men. They say the truth is stranger than fiction, perhaps. But this is the story of two men who created fiction and yet lived far stranger lives than any of the fiction they ever wrote. One of these men was a man named Sidney Porter. Sidney Porter was a baseball player, a good baseball player. In fact, Sidney Porter was good enough to play professional baseball. He played in Texas. That is, he played in Texas until one day he got into trouble. They put Sidney Porter in jail. And in jail, he used the money he'd made playing baseball to study writing. And he became a great writer, so great that today no one remembers Sidney Porter as a professional baseball player, but everyone remembers him as one of the world's greatest writers, for he wrote under the name of O. Henry. Yeah? O. Henry, who began as a baseball player and ended as one of the world's greatest authors, died in the year 1910, the very same year, curiously enough, Then another great American author also died, a man named Samuel Clemens. Samuel Clemens, who began life as a poor boy in Missouri, and who grew up on the banks of the Mississippi River. Because Samuel Clemens did grow up on the banks of the Mississippi River, he came to love that river. In fact, he loved it so much that when he was old enough to go to work, Samuel Clemens got a job on a riverboat, and he stayed on that boat until he finally became the captain of that boat. But Samuel Clemens was still not satisfied. He wanted to be the most famous riverboat captain on the whole Mississippi River, and to accomplish this, he challenged any other riverboat captain to a race, his boat against theirs, and Samuel Clemens and his boat were unbeaten as they raced up and down the Mississippi River for 11 years. He knew every twist and turn of the river, and he knew where he could go fast, he knew where he had to take it easy, and he loved every mile of its treacherous waters. Truly, Samuel Clemens was one of the great Mississippi River boat captains who raced his way to riches. In fact... Samuel Clemens made so much money racing up and down the Mississippi River that he could afford to take time off from his boat and try his hand at another field, and he did. He took up writing. He tried to put down on paper just how he felt about the river he loved. He told of his own early days along its banks. He called his book Huckleberry Finn, and it brought him world fame, even though he wrote it under the name of Mark Twain. One day... Mark Twain met a youngster, a youngster from New York City, a youngster who loved to listen to these stories of the river and its people. Mark Twain and this youngster became friends, good friends, so good that Mark Twain asked this youngster who was studying music to put the spirit of his river into music, just as Mark Twain himself had put it into a book. And the young man did. He wrote one of the greatest songs of all time, a song that tells the story of the river and its people. And so one of America's great songs would never have been written. Never have been written if Mark Twain hadn't once inspired a great musician. A musician whose name was Jerome Kern and whose song was Old Man River. But old Man River, he just keeps
0: rolling along.
2: Portrait of a Great Song. It was inspired by a man who not only wrote one of the world's greatest books about his beloved Mississippi River, but who also was never beaten on that river in 11 years of racing. And now back to Bill Stern. Real Six, Colgate's candid camera catches the story behind the story. Pasadena, California, the crimson tide of Alabama will go to the Rose Bowl in Pasadena on New Year's Day. They have officially been invited and have officially accepted. New York, New York. One of New York's greatest nightclub successes right now is Miss Martha Ray. But what makes this a sports item is the fact that both Purdue and Indiana have just selected their honorary mascots for tomorrow's game. And unbeknown to each other, both Purdue and Indiana have elected Martha Ray. Milan, Italy. The former world's heavyweight champion, Primo Canero who was built up in America, ladies and gentlemen, on phony fights, started on the comeback trail last night. But get this. Primo Canero was so bad, he was so bad that he had to be forced into that ring in Italy at the point of a pistol. New York City again. Al Bummy Davis, former famous fighter, who died last week in a holdup, was once barred for life in New York for dirty fighting. But the irony is this. Davis who apparently during his lifetime never thought of anyone but himself, died trying to protect a friend. And that's the trio marked mark for tonight. Next Friday night, we'll be back, same time, same stations, with another edition of the Colgate Shave Cream Sports Newsreel. Tonight, we've been broadcasting from the city of Indianapolis. Next Friday night, we'll be coming to you from the city of Philadelphia. And our guest next Friday evening will be the very lovely and talented movie star, Miss Vivian Blaine. So be sure and be with us next Friday evening at our usual time when we present as our guest the famous screen star, Miss Vivian Blaine. See you then. And until then, I'll be seeing you on the screen in the news of the day, newsreel at your favorite Lowe's or Associated Theaters. And now until this same time next Friday night, this is Bill Stern for Colgate Shave Cream wishing you all a good, good night from Indianapolis. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shave Cream Man, is on his way. Bill Stern, the Colgate Shave Cream Man, had lots to say. He told you tales of sports heroes, the inside dope he really knows. So listen in next Friday night. C-O-L-G-A-G-E. Mr. Frank Sinatra appeared on this program tonight courtesy of Paramount Pictures. This program originated in Indianapolis. This is the National Broadcasting Company.